Well, good morning. It's great to see you both here in the room and for all of you at home, wherever you are, wherever you may be. And one of the joys, I think, about doing online church has been that we know that there are people all across the world who are watching in. We've had people in Tanzania, Thailand, Rwanda, Japan, Australia, India, USA, Poland, Canada, and even Dudley. Can you believe it? Uh, And we hope that wherever you are, whoever you are, that you found it really helpful, that you've you've been able to kind of feel connected in with what we're doing in these strange days. We're simply just a bunch of normal people who've had an encounter with Jesus that has changed everything for us. And we hope that you, whoever you are, discover more of the life and love of God for you. But here in the UK, we are in a time of big change, that we are emerging out of this pandemic. We're so thankful that there seems to be a successful rollout, uh, and it means that we are, it seems, beginning to open up. We know that elsewhere right now in the world, the battle is really raging, and we, of course, continue to pray. The path may change for us as a nation, even though the last few days you'll have heard the Prime Minister speaking. Uh, But we do know that it does seem we are beginning to open up. And as we are opening up as a church and as a leadership, we've been praying, we've been planning and we've been dreaming. What does the future hold for us as a church? And so over this next month, We're going to be exploring this series called Let the River Flow, in which we will reveal some of the results of the survey that we've all taken part uh, a few weeks back. And we're going to be outlining the path ahead for us as a church. Uh, Firstly, I do want to say thank you. Thank you for your patience. Uh, I know because I've had emails and I've had messages longing to know what's going to happen. Where are we going? What does it look like? Uh, The great heart behind that. Thank you. Uh, And here at Riverside, uh, what's been a real gift for me and for us in leadership is we know that people have encouraged us along the way. And very early on, I had a number of people, some who just thought it was wise advice, some who actually felt these were prophetic words from God about taking time that we don't need to rush into decisions. And hasn't that been true, of course, with the pandemic as it continues to go forwards? But actually, we all know that what the future will look like for us as individuals in our world will begin to look differently over these next few years, not just any day. There's no moment where suddenly we revert back to the new normal, whatever it is. Actually, over the coming years, our lives will begin to look different. But then one person, uh, as we were praying as a church in January, as our prayer days, you remember, she felt that God had given her a particular image that came to mind that she wanted to pass on to me. Uh, And it was an image of a jigsaw puzzle. And she felt that God was kind of reminding her that uh, a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, this puzzle looked all fairly tidy. There were a few things that needed to go, a few things that needed to go into place. But largely, it was a picture that seemed to all fit together. But then suddenly with COVID, the whole of the jigsaw was flipped up and all of these pieces were suddenly all over the place. And then what began to happen is the puzzle needed to be put back together. And as it was put back together, the picture looked quite different, but 
with a beauty that we'd not seen. But what was interesting is that she felt that as this was kind of going on, water was kind of flowing over these bits of, of the, uh, the jigsaw. Some were being actually washed away, reflecting the change that some of us are moving forwards in life and all of that. But also for some of us, the sense of cleanness and new picture coming to mind with a beauty we'd not seen. And again, this didn't need to be rushed. And this resonated with me deeply, partly because it has felt like at times that everything's been thrown up in the air, but also it's reminded me that Riverside is Jesus's church. It isn't our church. We may make some decisions, which of course may be good ones or not, wise or unwise, who knows, but ultimately, Jesus is more interested in the future of his church than we are. We can't take Riverside forwards. Only Jesus can. And that's why we're praying. And that's why we're dreaming, trusting that God will lead us forwards. And so then over these next few weeks, we're going to unpack a little bit about where we sense that God is leading us as a church. So here is some dates for you. Here's some dates. Over these next couple of weeks, this week and next week, we're going to look at the kind of journey we're on in which we remind ourselves of a few key things. So this week, this talk now is a two-parter. The stuff I don't finish today will finish next week. And in some respects, I simply want to remind us, but also give us a sharper focus about where we're going. And we'll develop that next week. If you like, it's like having an energy drink. You know, when you're a bit exhausted, Judy a few weeks ago talked about the word languishing. We're all feeling heavy. And actually, these two weeks, we want to just give us a bit of a Red Bull, if you like, to kind of pep us up. Come on, let's go. Uh, and then after we therefore reminded ourselves of the why, on the 30th of, of May, we've got this generation service. Do book in for all generations to engage both here in the room and wherever you are at home. And then on the 6th of June, a date for your diaries, please do put it in. That's a really important Sunday because then we will be sharing the outline of the plan, the details that I know many of you are longing for, that we want now the details. Well, we've got to have some important conversations over these next few weeks. But on the 6th of June, we'll be laying it all out for us as a church. Please do put it in your diary. Encourage anyone to watch who's vaguely connected in with Riverside as we get a glimpse of what this future under God might look like. And then there's one other key date for you that you might also want to put in your diary, and it's this. Sunday, the 4th of July, we're hoping will be Reunion Sunday. Now, obviously, this totally depends, all of this depends on the government roadmap, absolutely. Obviously, if we can't open up as we, you know, has been said, well, then things may change a bit. But put that date in your diary. Our hope is that will be a time where we can meet together as church to worship our hearts out, because hopefully by then we'll be able to sing. By then we'll be able to hug whoever we want. Well, with caution, hug whoever you want. There will be tears. There will be joy, there will be hugs, there will be grief for those that aren't there. And there'll probably be a name, need for name badges, as we won't recognise people with the bellies that we've developed during lockdown. But please do put that date, Reunion Sunday, Sunday 4th of July. And then beyond that, we'll see the outworking of this plan that we sense God is taking us on. And all of those details will be explained on the 6th of June. 
And so with that said, can I tell a story about something that happened to me recently? A few weeks back, I had the privilege of meeting with a couple who have relatively recently arrived into the UK. Uh, And we were walking around Cannon Hill Park together. Beautiful day. And as they shared their story, it made me reflect on everything over the last year for us as individuals, but also for us as a church. Because he shared a part of his story about how in his country, a devastating family tragedy had happened involving his father being killed and then it all being covered up. And then she told me about a moment where she was in their flat one morning, 8 a.m., and then suddenly this massive explosion as a missile hit the apartment block next door. And there we were, walking round Cannon Hill Park on a beautiful day with the dog walkers, and all was lovely, and it suddenly struck me, this is what I take for granted, and yet for them... This was life-giving. And then something else, they said, bowled me over. Because they stepped foot into Riverside, into this room here, the first time they'd ever stepped foot into a church. They said that they felt something, experienced a peace, a life that they had never experienced before that had been missing in their life. They knew there was a God who did actually care for them. And again, it struck me how much we take for granted the physical security, but more than that, the opportunities we have to take hold of all that God has for us. They'd experienced a life here, a beautiful sense of life here at Riverside, more beautiful than they'd ever known. And it got me thinking about my life. As we come out of lockdown, as you come out of lockdown, what kind of life do you want? We've spent the last year trying to stay alive. And the danger is, is that we're living, but we're not really alive. Because life is surely more than just not dying. I don't know if you saw an article recently in the Guardian newspaper. Fascinating article written by a secular journalist. Not a, uh, doesn't believe there's a God. In which he was kind of lamenting about how what we have to look forward to is the shops opening and the pubs opening. Surely there's more to living than that. That's the thing we celebrate after closing everything down. Is that it? And there's a very real danger now, isn't there? I spoke to a mum the other day and she was saying suddenly how busy she felt because now all of the clubs had opened back up. And what had happened was this moment during lockdown where everything had stopped, she'd suddenly been swept right back in to the life that she had before, but it wasn't what she wanted to happen. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to return to your life from 2019? Of course, some things, yes, yes, yes. But do you want to grab hold of life? Taking hold of this moment now, before everything comes crushing back in, to say, this is how I want to live. And of course, that points us back to the foundations we have as a church. 
We're called Riverside because of a bit of the Bible in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 47, where there's this amazing dramatic image of a river flowing out from God's temple. And as the river grows, wherever it goes, suddenly life comes and trees on the banks flourish and fish are healthy. And this verse sums it up. Where the river flows, everything will live, verse 9. Now, in the original language, Hebrew, that that was written in, the word live there doesn't just mean alive, you know, beating heart, blood pumping through the veins. Now, one Hebrew scholar says it like this. For the people of God, life is more than the absence of death. It is in every sense of the word to be well, whole. It's what Nicky Gumbel calls life in high definition. You remember those days when you first saw an HD TV and you suddenly thought, whoa, and all the actors suddenly had to kind of put extra makeup on so they couldn't see the blemishes. And the New Testament, the bit of the Bible all about Jesus and the church makes this so clear because in ancient Greek, the language in which the New Testament was written, there are three different words for the word life. There's the word bios or bios. It's where we get our word biology from. It means physical life. You know, my heart is beating, blood is through my veins. Then there's the word psyche or suke, from which we get psychology. It's like kind of the emotional and the kind of the whole aspects of life, our mind, our soul. But there is a third word, and it's the word zoe. Or Zoe. That word is the HDTV. It means the God life, the fully vibrant, fully whole life as intended now and for eternity. Life in all its fullness, not just living, but alive. And Jesus summarized that for us, both in what he taught and in who he was. Isaiah, uh, when he quotes from Isaiah in Luke chapter 4, we read these words about Jesus' mission. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is Zoe living. Whole. And throughout the New Testament, we learn how to get this kind of life. So 1 John chapter 5, we're going to have a few verses on the screen. Whoever has the Son has life. In other words, whoever's got Jesus has that kind of life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Or John chapter 11, this is what Jesus says about himself. I am the resurrection and the life, Zoe life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. John 10 verse 10, Judy's mentioned it already. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John chapter 14, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 6, when, the, when Jesus kind of is saying, do, where, do you want to follow me? And Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, Zoe life, that fully orbed life. And then our response then as followers of Jesus, well, the New Testament makes it pretty clear. Acts chapter 5, 
Go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. We really want to live. And here's the question. Do you want to discover the life that God has intended for you? It's only found in Jesus. That's what he offers. And as we come out of lockdown, it's in him that everything truly makes sense. And you know, in the early church, they translated the Old Testament into Greek because they couldn't understand the ancient Hebrew. Uh, It was dying out. And they translated it into Greek. And so when we read Ezekiel 47, verse 9, talking about where the river flows, everything will live, what word did they use? Did they use bios? Did they use psyche? No, they used zoe. Friends, this is the beating heart of Riverside, that we will always be about helping people to get to know Jesus and grow as his followers. And it may even be for you today watching right now, That you know that as we emerge out of lockdown, there's something more that God has for you. Even today at the end as we pray, you might want to say, Lord, I want your life. And the DNA is there. And as we shift out of lockdown, that DNA must remain. Can I be honest? The tendency for churches is to always drift away from that central heartbeat. It's easy, isn't it, to be so consumed by being busy setting up on a Sunday morning that we forget the heartbeat of the life available in Jesus. It can be so busy being with meetings that we forget the life that is in Jesus. We can so be busy getting on doing the stuff of life that we don't hold out life for other people. We want to simply be a church who bring life to every generation in every community. Nothing will hold us back. And that phrase sums up, I think, what we're about as a church at this moment right now. The life that Jesus offers, we want to take hold of it ourselves and then hold it out to anyone and everyone. Just like in the chat, as we were discussing earlier on YouTube, to the next generation. Not just giving good advice, but actually holding out the thing that really is life. To experience the life that Jesus has for us and to help others experience that life. To explore the life that Jesus has for us and help others to explore it and to then embody it for ourselves. Friends, we have an opportunity like we have never had before. You as an individual have an opportunity like you have never had before. We all, to some degree or another, face a choice about this next season in life. What do we want to do with the rest of our lives? This is a a once-in-a-generation moment for us as a world, and it is a a once-in-a-generation moment for us as a church. Do we just shrink back, trying to stay alive, but not really living? Or we've got an opportunity so that when we do get to the end of our days and our heart does stop beating, 
that we step into that eternal life with Jesus, we're able to look back and realize that we've helped countless others in our city discover the same life that Jesus has given to us. That's the opportunity we have. And friends, when we look at the survey that we've all been involved with over the last few weeks, that heartbeat is there for so many of us. We had 278 people respond to the survey. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for engaging with it. Uh, And we will give out the full information in due course. I want to say a particular thank you to one individual, a guy called James Rampton, some of you will know, who has helped process the vast amount of data. Uh, It's clear from the survey that many of us have struggled in lockdown. It's been hugely challenging. We know that. Uh, And also we know that the engagement with Riverside has been pretty positive compared to the challenges that we've got going on. But there's also been some very real challenges too. Unsurprisingly, perhaps, just over half of us, 52%, feel less connected to church now than before lockdown. 51% of us feel less connected with people within the church. We've missed each other. That's natural, that's good, that's right. But for those who've met regularly in groups of some sort, on Zoom, whatever... They have been a lifeline. They've had a greater impact, it seems. So 77% of people in life groups reported having their faith strengthened during lockdown. 81% felt more connected with people as a result of this last year. It's amazing. But the comments show that a significant number have struggled in different ways. And I particularly want to shout out to one particular group, and that's the group of young families. Loads of people have had struggles in lots of different ways, but I think it's pretty clear that young families have grappled with things in ways where they've tried to navigate homeschooling and the pressures of that and work, let alone what it looks like to do church, let alone what it looks like to do marriage or relationships or whatever it is. We get that, and you need to just hear, well done, well done, keep going. And the online services, they've been pretty well received generally. Uh, We know, and it's pretty clear, they haven't been a complete substitute for physical gathering. Why? Because we need each other. And just under a quarter, that's 24%, have said that actually the services haven't helped their faith hugely and haven't particularly helped them feel connected. But the majority, over 60%, said their faith has really grown as a result of the services. Before lockdown, 92% came to Riverside two or three times a month. During lockdown, that's just over 80%, 82%. And of course, some things work better online. We get that. The talks, generally, people have you know, been kind about those. 96% said they found them helpful. Great. Uh, but also, particularly seeing lots of people on your screen in your front room has been amazing, which has been an intentional thing. So thank you to all of you involved in that. Worshipping together, even though we haven't been able to physically be together all the time, has been well received. But of course, in that, we long to be able to encourage each other by singing together and belting out all those amazing songs that the worship team have written and so many more. And can I just say one thing? In that, I don't think yet we've publicly said thank you to all of those involved. And I want to say a particular thank you to the staff team. Uh, 
as you can appreciate, there has been huge challenges. Some of you will know some of those, but many of you will not know them because only one or two people do. But I want to say thank you for the resolve and the fire within the staff team in the middle of some huge challenges to keep on doing all we can. But what's interesting is this. For a number, online church has given them access to Riverside that they never were able to have. Listen to these quotes. Because of my ongoing health condition, which means I struggle with headaches, fatigue, weakness in the first half of the day, physically attending services has been difficult for years. So online services have been a blessing to me and I don't miss out. Somebody else said, as a family supporting young adults with learning disabilities and autism, the online services offer our family an opportunity to worship together as physical meetings are overstimulating. We sometimes forget that for some, a physical gathering is a barrier. And so because of that, we will keep on doing both digital and physical gatherings. So for those that are worried that now we come out of lockdown, we'll stop all of this, we won't. And we've got ideas about how we'll do it. And interestingly, for those in the room now, what's been interesting is over the last number of weeks is the number of new people who've been in the room. Just a couple of weeks ago, here on a Sunday morning, over half those were here had joined Riverside in the last year. It's amazing. Because online enables people to connect in in ways that we never dreamed possible. So we will keep digital and physical. But beyond that, what is so clear is that group life is absolutely essential. Friends, we cannot do this on our own. I think that's been one of the most challenging things during lockdown. We need each other. And for some of you, I know you've really struggled with your faith. And part of that is right because you haven't been around your brother or your sister to spur you on. And that's right. And our group life is where people really grow and really do life. You're able to help others experience the life of Jesus. You're able to help others explore what Jesus looks like and embody the life of Jesus to them as they do to you. As one person says, my group have been my family. They've been so supportive, sharing prayer needs, supplying meals, knowing there's always someone you can contact if you're in need. And it's a big reminder, can I just say, if this survey shows anything, it's this. Please, 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 please do get in some sort of group. As we go forwards, group life of Riverside will become more and more and more important. Listen out on the 6th of June. And we'll be talking with group leaders in the next week or so. Just like the early church who gather in public and in homes, both are essential. And interestingly, friends, for us here in the UK, this is why it's so important right now. From tomorrow, we can have six people in our homes. Yay! Inside, like proper people. And you can have up to 30 outdoors in your garden. Wow! So why not from next Sunday, why not start meeting in your home together with some of your group? your life group, your community group, split into sixes. Watch together. You can watch it in the morning or have tea together, do it tea time, whatever. 
Do it in your garden. If you've got a massive TV, put that in the window and all sit in the garden. Who knows? Whatever. And then maybe once a month or something, why not book into the main central gathering here at Riverside House for a little while? And then over the coming weeks, we're going to be experimenting with a few changes in our services so that for groups watching in, you're better able to engage together so that everybody can resonate. Uh, we'll end up, if you like, having hybrid gatherings. We used to talk about being a church with multiple locations, and we're going to change to be a church of multiple expressions in many ways. Central gatherings, group gatherings, digital gatherings. And what's interesting is this. We don't want to go back to all the hard work. So I know there's people at home at the moment thinking, I don't want to go back on the rotors to put up all the sets or whatever it is. 45% of people said they wanted the same gatherings as before. 38, so just under, said they want less. Scaled down. Too much work. We will change. We don't want to go back to busyness. More details on the 6th of June. <laughs> Why? Because we want to hold out life to everyone. And during lockdown, nearly 80% of us have talked about our relationships growing in the community. And it's here, as I come to a close, that something becomes very, very clear. The DNA to hold out life so deeply resonates, but it includes in very, very practical ways to our community. In the same way that Riverside Money Advice hold these amazing things of meeting a beautiful, a practical need in a beautiful way. People's need for debt freedom, to be set free from the chains. And they do it by sharing the love of Jesus. Both are at the heartbeat of DNA of Riverside. And that's what we long for more of. That's where we're going. As sent people to go and preach the gospel, bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free, as individuals, as groups, as one church. Summarized by this one comment in the survey, I had no idea who it was, said this. I strongly believe that as a church, this is our time to step up and step out in meeting the physical, emotional, practical and spiritual needs of our community. It's what Jesus did. The Zoe life. They didn't put that. I added that bit. <laughs> step up and step out. So we're going to unpack that a little bit more next week about what that will look like for us. But as I close, friends, can I ask a question? What kind of life do you want to be involved with for this next chapter? What kind of life do we want as a church? We want to bring life to every generation in every community in our city and beyond. So we're going to pray. And what I'd love us to do, we're going to invite you to stand in the room if you're able to, and maybe at home, if you'd value this, I'd invite you to stand as well, wherever you are. I'm going to ask you to simply hold out your hands. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we might be up for this, is fairly normal. But for those who we're not sure, we want to explore the life that Jesus has for us a little bit more.